for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, you bring a Bible this morning? Yes. Let's go ahead and open it then. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Hallelujah. a lot of people in the body of Christ saying, I want to be just like Jesus. I mean, that's good. That's good, praise God, to be like him. If you want to be like somebody, he'd probably be the one you want to be like. But if we're going to be like him, then we need to do the things that he did. Amen. We need to have the character that he had. Yes, we need to believe those things that he did we can also do because we have the same Holy Ghost that he has. We don't have the half the Holy Ghost, part of the Holy Ghost. We've got the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. All right, Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent or change your way of thinking for the kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. Notice here Jesus came and if you study the four gospels, you're going to find out that Jesus basically talked mainly about one thing and that was about the kingdom of God. Every time he opened his mouth, every time he told a parable, he was talking about the kingdom of God. It was his number one priority for being here was to reintroduce people back to the kingdom of God that he tried to establish back in Genesis chapter one, praise God. What's his purpose? Basically to get a group of people who would be a holy nation, a royal priesthood, who would serve him and show forth the praises of him who has called them out of darkness into his marvelous light, praise God. So Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Say, Jesus, Jesus preached, preached the kingdom of God. Now, if you've been around the church at all, you'll find out that most of the church preaches nothing about the kingdom of God. Most of them preach about being born again and going to heaven. Basically, they've made the word of God a fire escape policy in order to get to heaven so that you don't get burned up and go to hell. And basically that's all there is. But notice once we were born again back into the kingdom of God, we have now stepped into a place to where we now have a purpose and God has a plan for our lives while we're still here, not when we die and go to heaven, praise God. So you are here in your fulfillment of what God has called you to do. If you make that your priority, you are going to find out that your life will get a lot easier than you trying to run your life all the time, which really doesn't do any good for you at all other than frustrate you every single day of your life, praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 5. It's pretty close to where we're at. You're welcome. All right, Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 3. Jesus, once again, is speaking. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the what? Kingdom. Kingdom of heaven. So here's Jesus preaching. He gets uh, one of his first sermons that he did. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, how many know at this time everybody was poor in spirit? Adam had fallen. Everybody was born in the image and likeness and the nature of Adam. So everybody was poor at that time in spirit. Notice what he says. The answer to being poor in the spirit was not religion. Come on, it was not heaven. It was what? It was the kingdom of God. So the solution to every answer in your life, whether you're poor in pocket, poor in health, poor in spirit, poor wherever, your answer is the kingdom of God way of doing things. And by doing it the kingdom of God's way, you're going to find out that it works. It's above the natural way. Do you understand? With our natural minds, we're always trying to figure these things out. And you waste most of your time trying to figure out something to do. And then when you do it, it messes up anyway because it came out of your mind rather than out of the Spirit of God who was trying to show you what to do anyway. So basically here he says the kingdom of God is the answer. I believe, I believe that churches are basically no more than training centers to train up kingdom people to live like kingdom people. 
to raise up kingdom citizens to live like kingdom citizens. That is the whole purpose of a body of Christ, the whole purpose of the teaching, the whole purpose of people coming together is basically so that we will fill the whole earth with the glory of the Lord or the nature and the acts and the character of God. How many know you have the nature of God on the inside of you this morning? How many know the character of God on the inside of you? How many know you got love, joy, peace, all that stuff on the inside of you this morning? Hallelujah. Well, we definitely want to manifest that, don't we? All right, now we're going to take a big jump. Go to Matthew chapter 6. You're welcome. I want to step into your daily life this morning and meddle with you just a little bit if I can. All right, Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 33. Once again, it's in red. Jesus says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Now notice he said, seek ye first. First basically means what he's talking about is a priority in our lives. The priority is the principal thing in your life. It is putting first things first. It is the primary focus in your life. So Jesus is trying to simplify your life. How many of you want a simpler life? He says, I'll tell you what to do first. You want to simplify your life. Just seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, where you're at in your life right now, basically, has come from a series of decisions that you have made in your life. Not decisions that God has made, Decisions that you have made in your life. You're married to whoever you're married because you made a decision. You live where you live because you made a decision. You work where you work because you made a decision. Everything in your life. Now, people want to make wrong decisions, get in a bad place, and then blame it on God for them getting in there. But it was your decision that got you where you're at today. And the, the thing is, your decisions depend on your priority. So whatever was priority in your life, you made the decision towards your priority. If it was a wrong priority, guess what it was? It was a wrong decision, and then you make a wrong decision, and then on that decision, you make another wrong decision, and you make another wrong decision, and pretty soon, God's just got me here to teach me something. No, you decided yourself into that mess. Come on now. You're the one that makes the decisions. So where you're at today, where you're sitting there right there, financially, spiritually, mentally, everything, you got there through the decisions that you made in your life to get there. Are you following me? So we can't blame it on God. Basically, it's on us. So it's very important that we seek out the right priorities. If our decisions are made according to priorities, and that way we'll make the right decisions if we have the right priorities. If we have the wrong priorities, we're making the wrong decisions and we're ending up in a mess in our life, and then we need prayer all the time because we're always messing up in our life, praise God. So correct priorities will profit you in every single area of your life. Priority, once again, is putting first things first. Say first things first. Now, what is basically the priority of most of mankind? Well, the priority of most of mankind is what Jesus talked about in, well, let's just read it right here anyway. Matthew chapter 6, just go back a little bit and look at verse 24. Jesus says, no man can serve two masters, for he that will hate the one and he will love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto a statue? And why take ye thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field." 
how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much shall he certainly clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows these things, that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what happens? All these things shall be added unto you. Okay, so once again, he's talking about priorities here. He's telling you what the main priority for about everybody in the world is, first of all. What is the main priority? Get a job. Get me some money. Get me something to drink. Get me something to wear. Get me something to live in. Get me a big bank account. Get me all this stuff. Most people go to a job 8, 10, 12, two, two jobs a week just to get this priority in their life because that is the priority in their life. Now, here comes Jesus along. Imagine this. Walks into a place and says, don't even worry about that stuff. How many know that affected everybody in there? Because every one of them spent their whole life up to that point doing what? Worrying about that stuff. Well, if we're not supposed to worry about that stuff, what are we supposed to worry about? Let me tell you what to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and your right standing in that kingdom and stay rightly aligned. And all these things that you're worried about will be added unto you supernaturally. So in other words, God wants us to change our priorities of who we got and who we are and what we need to do and what our daily thing is. He wants to change our priorities off the stuff of this world and put them on his will, which is the kingdom of God. And when we do that, number one, we're saying, my daddy's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Until that time, you're living like a pagan. That's right. mm-hmm. See? And I'll tell you, what, the whole world knows what everybody's needs and demands they think are in their priorities. That's why religion is so appetizing to people, because basically it promises you food to eat, stuff to drink, stuff to do, stuff to wear. Well, you just pray. You just do this for God, and God's going to give you a big house. You just do a little harder, and you just be a little bit better, and God's going to give you this, and God's going to give you that. And then we do those things, and we don't get them, so they say, try a little harder. Do a little better. You can do better than that. So we try to do a little better, and it doesn't work out anyway. And, well, I've asked him for a house 14 times, and he hasn't given me the house yet. Well, just do a little. You're just not fasting enough. Fast a little bit more. Do this stuff. Do this stuff. And religion just keeps, puts you on heavy burdens that you can't carry. So Jesus said, let me make it easy for you. Simply seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be. So notice, we got to make a switch, don't we, in our priorities. There's got to be a priority change from what our priorities are in this world and seek them on the kingdom of God because then the Father says that he will definitely take care of us. Now, where we live right now, the currency of the economy basically is what? Money, isn't it? But notice, the currency of your life is not money. The currency of your life is time. 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 And the, and the bad thing about it is I can make a bad money decision and get that money back, but I can't make a bad time decision and get that time back because that time's gone. So it's one of the most important things you have in your life as far as spiritually is your time. What do you do with your time? And I'll tell you what, everybody's after your time. Everybody. You get phone calls from people you never even heard of before trying to suck up three minutes and try to sell you something on the phone to take up your time. So time is very important, isn't it? Time in your life is pretty... After this, this day, this day will be gone. And you can't say, well, I'd like to buy that back because you can't buy it back. It's already gone. So time is definitely the currency of the kingdom of God. Now, if you don't have right priorities each and every day, you will mess up and you will mess up your time. In other words, you'll waste time. What will you do? You'll be busy in the wrong things all the time. 
Sometimes you'll be majoring on minor things. Sometimes you'll be doing the unnecessary. Sometimes you'll go through a whole day, get done and say, I didn't get anything done today. And I just don't know what happened. The day's already gone. Well, guess what? You had just as many hours as the guy over here. He didn't get 24 and you got three. It's just that you did not have priorities set up. And since you didn't have priorities set up, you just started the day and didn't know what direction to go in. And you did a little bit of this. And you thought, oh, geez, I do a little bit of this. Oh, man, I and do a little bit of this. And when the day ended, you got absolutely nothing done, but you had a bunch of little bits. Why? No priority. You had no priorities that day whatsoever. You just woke up and Doris Day, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future is not me to see, and whatever happens today is going to happen. So here comes Jesus along and said, hey, wake up. I got a priority for you. Seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So now he's trying to change our way of thinking. Is He's trying to bring us out of worry. How I many know worry is a waste of time? Waste of time, it's bad for your health, it's bad for your heart rate, it's bad for your blood pressure, it's bad for everything. It's worry, and most of the time you can't change one thing anyway through worry, except your health. So there's no sense worrying. So he's trying to bring us out of worry, he's trying to bring us out of all this stuff. The Bible basically tells us to redeem the time. In other words, buy back the time, have the time, you're going to need the time basically to do it. So we've got all these things, we're raised from a little kid, we see our parents busting their hiney to get all these things out here, and we're growing up, and they're hoping that we can get in a position to bust our little hineys and get everything that we need out here, and that equals success. But notice in God's kingdom, it's basically a total waste of time and worry and everything else. You can do that your whole life, get to the end of your life, and basically you were successful in all the wrong things rather than successful in the kingdom of God. So when I saw this scripture, it said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto me. A long time ago, I thought, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a decision here. I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. So what did I start doing? Whether I went to bed that night at 9, 10, 11, or whether I was sitting by myself at 6 o'clock, I set priorities for the next day. The next day, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do? Well, if I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God, I'm probably going to have to take a period of time that next day and do something that has to do with the kingdom of God on a daily basis. So when I went to bed at night, I said, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Lord, I thank you. I'm going to read your word for a while. I'm going to read a book about your word from somebody that knows more than I do so I can know as much as they do because they've already read it and did all this stuff and I can learn something. The Bible tells me I can build myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit, read your word, and I'm going to do that. That is my priority, my first, that is my priority for tomorrow. So when I get up in the morning, it doesn't mean I have to do it first. It's my first priority. Do you understand? I am going to do it that day, but some mornings it doesn't work out that I do it. Some mornings I get up and I wake up at at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock and I can go in my prayer room and I can get that done before Becky even gets up. Sometimes we get up together. How many know I can't do it then when we're both there together? So I may do it afterwards. Some days I get up in the morning and I go play basketball with the young kids and I spend time with them and I come home. Maybe I'll do it at noon. Sometimes I come home at noon and I've got to go to the hospital then I've got to do this and I've got to do that and at 6 o'clock she comes home and I'm sitting there. What am I doing? I'm doing my priority. But I'm doing my priority the first chance I get with free time. Why? That's my priority. Let me show you. If you can just do that 365 days from now till next year, think about it. Rather than finding time 80 out of the 365, 
then 40 of them triple reading to make up for your guilt when you didn't read the other times. Oh my God, I haven't read in a week. I'm going to read all Matthew today. I'm going to pray in tongues forever. See, it's not that way. Do you understand? This is a life thing. So I've got to make this priority every night before I go to bed. And my first priority, whether it be 6 in the morning, 8, 10, 10 o'clock at night, one thing I'm going to get done that day is I'm going to read the Word. I'm going to pray in tongues, whether it just be for 15 minutes. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of God is like this little mustard seed. It doesn't matter that you don't do it for four hours. Just make a plan, discipline yourself, and do it. And this little seed that gets on the inside, pretty soon you'll find yourself doing it for an hour and a half. Pretty soon you'll start enjoying it. And you'll pray in tongues. And sometimes you pray in tongues and you can't stop all at once because your, your mouth is still running and, and the Holy Ghost is praying through you. What have you got? You've got a priority and you're doing that priority. Then what do I want to do next? I want to put down another priority that I want to get done the next day. Usually I try to find something that I can do for someone else the next day no matter what. Whether it's text somebody, call somebody, help somebody, do something for somebody else. Whether it's just make supper when she comes home. I want to do something for somebody else. So that's my second priority. I put that down there. Now, how many know the yard's got to be mowed? Might put that down that day. I mean, you can put down whatever your priorities are. I usually put down five priorities, but I have one main one. Then the next one after that, I can usually get in. Sometimes that's all I get in. But still, at the end of the night... I did something. Feels so good to go to bed to know that you accomplished something that day, that you did something that day. And that word I've been putting in me for 365 days now for 15, 20 years starts to grow on the inside of you. And it starts to affect the inside of you. And it starts to change the inside of you. And praying in tongues gets to be better because you get different languages and you're doing different things and you start to put some faith in the thing and all that. And praying for other people becomes a natural thing to do. But it's only because your priority has now become the kingdom of God rather than these earthly things that are out there. And I'll tell you, this is where when you get together in a group like this that the word of God comes forth from somebody in the body sitting out there powerfully because they've been feeding themselves 365 days of the year. And all at once you're reading the Bible, all at once this whoom jumps right out of you in your prayer time at six o'clock in the morning and say, God, what do you want there? And he's turning on the inside of you. And all week long, you can't get rid of that thing, man. Even when you're eating lunch, it overtakes your mind. Now, you know that's powerful. And it's turning on the inside. of Then you get in church on Sunday and, oh, yeah, joy, joy, joy. And I want, am I having a heart attack? No, it's the Spirit of God because he fed something into you. And now what he fed into you has become alive in you. And you get up behind the microphone. I believe God has a word for me, me to give to you today. You are blessed, praise God, and heal the power of God hits the place. You see, it doesn't come from you coming here and trying to come up with something. Give me a word. Oh, I've been worrying all week. I haven't done a thing, but give me a word. It doesn't work that way. Do you understand? What you feed in comes out. Why does Sue teach the way she teaches? Because she sows in constantly. And when she gets up here, it comes out and out and out. See, but it's a daily thing. What is it? It's seeking the kingdom of God first, and all these things will be added unto you as you stay in righteous for the kingdom. So what do I want to do? I want to set my priorities. That's my priority each and every day. That's what I'm going to do. Some of you have school starting up again. How many of you know it's a priority? Get your kid to school. 
I mean, you can't say, well, I'm just going to do the kingdom of God all day long to heck with these kids. They're just going to have to wait. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you've got someplace in your life a block of, let's say, 45 minutes to an hour. Sometime when you're just, oh, sitting there doing nothing, that's the time. Hit that thing. If you get up in the morning and you're ready, hit that thing. If it's 6 o'clock at night when you're about ready to turn on the TV, go to your bedroom and hit that thing. Then go back on and turn the TV. See, as long as you're getting stuff done, you'd stop feeling guilty for not getting anything done all the time. And then reading your book, your Bible, religiously to try to make up for what you haven't done. We get into so much of guilt and condemnation and all this stuff. You don't have to. Just, just set your little priority right there. Right there it is, and I'm going to do it each and every day, and I'm going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to do this stuff, and basically it will produce in your life. The Bible says a man basically plants seed in the ground, gets up, goes to bed, plants seed in the ground, gets up, goes to bed, it, it grows. He sure as a heck don't know how, but he's going to bed, he's getting up. He's, it's not saying that he's planting 42 fields, it's just saying he's planting some seed in the darn ground. And what happens? Pretty soon it's going to come up, and pretty soon there's going to be a harvest, and pretty soon he's going to cut that harvest out. And when he gets that harvest, praise God, what's going to happen? He's going to have things in his life, revelation that comes. That's how I believe counseling is not done the day of counseling. For the counselor, it was done a long time ago. In other words, that's already been put in you. And when they ask a question that clicks what already has been put in you, you got the answer for it, and you're amazed at yourself that you had the answer for it, but it was in there all the time, do you see? People come up and say, I want to be like you. I want to live like you do. Well, then start sewing. God just didn't reach down and go, and all at oh, praise God, I'm free, I'm free. No, it doesn't work that way. It's sow and reap, harvest, just like he's teaching on Wednesday nights. See, all this stuff. So what do I want to do? I want to seek first the kingdom of God. How am I going to do that? I'm going to make it my number one priority in my life, praise God. And I'm going to make that my priority. So tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to renew my priority again. Is there other things I want to do tomorrow? Yes, they're going to be put on my list. But man, if, if one day happens, and it doesn't happen very often, where I got five things that I get them all done, my God, I think I died and went to heaven. <laughs> Can you imagine? Everything worked out and everything got done. You know, sometimes I'll put mow the lawns, got to be done. Well, it rains all day. How many know it <laughs> knocks that thing out? How many know that becomes a priority the next day then? But it never rains on your prayer time and stuff. You've got time to do this stuff and what you're sowing in. See, it's all, it's all part of your spiritual walk, your spiritual growth. And you've got 365 years. I'll tell you what, if you start today, or days, you start today and do this for a year, just get the first one done, plus you've got to get other things done. I understand that. You've got to go to work. You've got to do this. Gotta, those are priorities also. But you do have time every day to seek first the kingdom of God every single day. And as I started studying the kingdom of God, all at once it started opening up to me. Because, see, nobody was teaching me about the kingdom of God. Nobody was out there telling me anything. I didn't know what the kingdom of God was. First, I thought it was in heaven. Then I didn't know it was a big kingdom someplace. I didn't know there was a bunch of spirits running around all over the place. I didn't understand that I was part of the kingdom of God. I was a citizen in the kingdom of God. I had kingdom rights in the kingdom of God. Basically, I was an extension of the kingdom of God. That I had the nature of the kingdom of God that's already on the inside of me. That whether I obeyed that kingdom or not dealt with my health. See, Christians don't understand that. They just say, I can live any way I want to because I'm saved. Well, go ahead. But all that stuff messes with your health before it's over with. You were created to live like a kingdom person, not like a sinning person. And you think you can get away with sin, but you can't. And it's not God the one punishing you for it. It's a natural thing. You'll be punished for it. Do you understand? Your body doesn't want that. It can't deal with that. It wasn't made for that. You can take a fish and throw him up in the air all day long, try to get him to fly. All you're going to do is dry him out and he's going to die. 
See, it's not, it's not the way he was created. It's not his nature. It's not his thing. So as a person, you were created to live in a utopia. Genesis 1 was a utopia until Adam messed it up. It was supposed to be perfect. Everybody was supposed to love each other. Everybody was supposed to get along with each other. Everybody was supposed to live in love and peace and joy. Once it got messed up, so your physical body, basically, that's what it was built for, that kind of lifestyle in your life. Well, I'm not going to forgive them. I'll teach them. No, the only one you're teaching you. They probably don't even know you mad. See, what's it doing? It's messing me up. And then once I come up with this sickness and this sickness and that sickness and this disease and that disease, and somebody help me, pray for me. No, change and line up. Seek ye first the kingdom and get in right alignment with the kingdom and healing will knock you down before it's over with. See, so we got to quit seeking the things, never seek the kingdom. See, and that's the problem in the body of Christ today. Nobody really seeks God or the kingdom that much. I mean, they all just go along, go along, go along. Well, not everybody. You know what I mean? Most people. And then they get to a place where they're in trouble, and then they want to reach out and get help from God. And it's very hard to get that into them. Are you following me? Because they don't understand the kingdom. They don't know how it goes. They're not ready to receive. Everything that you get is a receiver. You're receiving. It's already paid for. I mean, we sang it this morning. I am free. Are you? Yeah. I am free. Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. Freedom already belongs to you. And it's the same way with healing. You know, God's been driving back into me healing and health. the next class we probably do is going to be on healing and health at this point, unless he changes something drastically, which I don't see it happening. I mean, it's on healing and it's on health. Why is that? Because that's an important thing of our life. If you're going to complete what he has you here to do, he needs you healthy and wealthy in order to do it. So it's more important for him that you live that way than you live that way because he needeth you. See? And even when you look at different ministries, you look at Romans chapter 12, it says, and they're apostles, they're prophets, they're evangelists. It also says they're givers. Nobody wants to be that. What are you? I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. I know I'm an evangelist. I never heard one person come and say, I'm a giver. Why? Because nobody wants that. They want to be in, you're not in the limelight when you're a giver. You just give and nobody knows about it, but God, see, unless you wave your check before you put it in a bucket. (laughs) But nobody does that, do they? See? So there's all different things out there and all different calls, but whether you're a giver, whether you're an apostle, whether you're a pastor, whatever you are, it's important for you to understand how the kingdom operates in your life for you to be able to do what God wants you to do in the kingdom of God. So one thing we've got to do, we've got to switch our way of thinking. You've got to get it off. I've got to have this, and I'm broke here, and I can't do that. Put some time in for the kingdom. Sow that little seed of the kingdom of God into you. Pray in tongues. Praise God. You know, if I don't set this priority, I can go three weeks without praying in tongues. I just don't think about it. It just don't come up in me. I just don't hear voices as pray in tongues today because it's not a natural thing to do. All those natural things are clouding my mind. So I've got to set that priority. Are you following me? I've got to pray in tongues, whether it be just for 15 minutes. You just pray in tongues or whatever because that stuff on the inside of you will grow. Your prayer time will grow. Your understanding of the word will grow. All these things will start to grow on the inside of you as you plant the seed and change your priorities. If not, basically he says here, the reason why we don't change our priorities is we don't trust him. We don't look at him as a father, daddy. We look at him as God, and basically we've got to supply our own needs according to our riches and glory. And most of our riches and glory aren't even in glory. They're not even in our bank, praise God, much in glory. Hallelujah. So what I had to do, I had to make a switch. So I made this switch. Now, I got an advantage over you guys because I didn't have a choice. I have to read the Word. It'd be very difficult for me to never get in the Word then come and preach to you on Sunday. And I've got to be here every Sunday most of the time, and sometimes Sunday and Wednesday. 
See, when you first start out in this stuff and somebody asks you to preach, you'll wonder if you have enough for one day. God forbid if they ask you to preach two Sundays in a row because you in trouble. You just got one sermon you've been working on for the last 32 years and I got to do two Sundays in a row. I don't know if I can make it a two-parter or not, but I'm going to do my best to see what I can do with the thing, see? That's why some Wednesday nights we've given Susan two nights. Why? Because I tricked her. Why do we give him a whole month? We're tricking him. He's got to be ready. I mean, he just can't show up here. Sorry, didn't have time to do anything in the Word this week, but we're going to preach for an hour on finances. There's got to be a couple of scriptures. Let me get the promise book. That's always good for a couple of scriptures to do. No, he's, he's got to feed himself now. Are you following me? He ain't got no choice. We got him in an arm bar. You know, you're going to read the Bible every morning. You're going to study. See, it forces you to do things. And as a pastor, I'm glad I got forced. Because once you get forced long enough, it gets easy. You know, it gets to be an everyday thing. It's just like breathing. It's just like doing anything else you do on a daily basis. It's like brushing your teeth. What are you going to do? You're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things are added unto you. And that's why there's different kinds of preaching even. There's, there's preaching and there's teaching. If you look in the Bible, any place that Jesus ran into people in unbelief, he taught. Never preached, always taught. Why is that? Because preaching is like a, a, like a shotgun. Teaching is like a rifle. And when you preach, you're just, I mean, you're scattering it out there. You're going in 42 directions. You're throwing it out there, and everybody's grabbing a little bit, and everybody's jumping up and down going, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, yeah. Praise, get the big shaking, the wee falls out, and all that stuff happens. Praise God. <laughs> Come on, you've seen it. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that is like a dessert, and two days later, it's going to be gone. See, that doesn't teach you, that doesn't grow you, but that's good because it excites you, it wants you to get in the Bible, wants you to do things, but teaching is like a rifle, it'll, it'll hone in on the kingdom of God and shoot you right between the eyes, it'll hone in on healing and it'll shoot you right between the eyes till you're understanding it and you're finding out what you need to do and you're finding out how you need to do it. That's why we're teaching this morning to get you to learn how to get in the kingdom of God and seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added, you see? And the problem is, preaching gets you excited, it's like, a, it's like one of those energy shots, Preaching gives you an energy shot, basically, but very seldom gives you responsibility that goes along with it. In other words, you're holy, yeah, you're blessed, woohoo, you're healed, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, yes, I am, I am. And you leave and say, that's a wonderful service, and you go home, and the next day you can't remember one thing that was said, but bless God, you were on fire that day. But when you go through the word and it says, you know, you'll never leave you nor forsake you, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I love you. I'm always with you. When you go through the water, I'll be with you. After you get about four or five of those six old scriptures, how many know on Wednesday when it doesn't feel like he's with you all at once one of them scriptures? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Like regurgitate one of them. Oh, that's right. That's right. That came out of the inside of me. That was there. So they're both necessary because preaching opens you up. Preaching is like a scalpel. You know, people haven't heard much about the kingdom of God, so what am I going to do? I'm going to go in and cut them to bits. I'm going to open up their heart, open up their thought life, open up everything. I'm going to preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, preach the kingdom, which we did. And now once I got them open, I'm going to teach the kingdom because they're already open up. See, they got a wound there. Once they've heard about the kingdom, they're starting to think, what about this kingdom? Well, what do I do in this kingdom? This kingdom's for real. What am I supposed to do with this kingdom? No, how do I act in this kingdom? Why do I live in this kingdom? What's he talking about? Oh, he talks about the kingdom of kingdom. I don't understand it. I don't do this. I don't do that. Well, the Bible says when the word's sown and you don't understand it, the enemy comes and... 
So don't just say, oh, don't understand it. Just sit under it and take the scriptures and feed yourself and go to do it. And pretty soon you're going to get to a place, praise God, where you start to grow up. But don't grow up too quick without any root. Because you're going to run into troubles again. And what's going to happen? The weeds are going to come and all these things are going to come. And they're going to dry you out and they're going to cut you down. But it's a daily process of doing this. You're not going to get a revelation just coming here Sunday and never looking at your Bible. And never studying what we preach you here. You can try it and God bless you for coming and everything else. But see... I want more. I'm sorry. We're going to demand more out of you. Why is that? Because I want more. People say you're radical. I'm radical on the word. You're fanatical. I'm fanatical on the word. I just got to believe if he said it, he wants it done, and it's the truth, and that's it. If he said, by his stripes I am healed, then bless God. If he didn't want me healed, he shouldn't have said that. Should have said, by my stripes, you might be healed. By my stripes, you're probably going to die. By my stripes, something else. But once he said, by my stripes, you are healed, then bless God, I'm healed. Praise God. I don't care what he said. He's going to give me overflowing that I can't even contain the finances. So bless God if he said it. I want it then, glory to God. And here's what I'm going to do in my prayer. I hold him to it. I say, hey, you know, money looks a little tight here, but let me tell you what it says here in Malachi. And you wrote that. And you said, bless God, I'll tell you right now. You said, if I was a tither, which I am, and I'm a good one, bless God, then you're going to open the windows of heaven, and you're going to pour out a blessing, whether you like it or not, but he does. Whether you like it or not, you're going to pour out a blessing upon me that I can't even contain, and that's where I'm at. And it doesn't matter if another bill comes in, uh uh-uh, your problem. I got a little problem for you here. Yeah, you got to take care of that. You know why? I'm a tither. You got no choice, praise God. No choice in the matter whatsoever, hallelujah. When I lay hands on somebody, I say, you better do something, praise God, because it says lay hands on the sick, and what happens? They might recover 50% of the time. No, No, I did write that. Wish I had, but I didn't. See, he wrote it. Believers shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall... So when I lay hands on the sick, I fully believe that they're going to recover. Not because I'm anybody, because he said it. See, and I want to make sure the people that I lay hands on don't have their faith in me, but they have their faith in the word that I gave them before I laid hands on them, you see? Because if you got your faith in me, the next time you get a feeling of sickness and disease, you're going to take it right back and come to me again. But if you got it through the word, oh man, if you got it through the word, you can keep it through the word. See, yeah. Satan attacked Jesus. What did he say? Help me, Father. No, he said, well, let me show you. It's written. Yeah. It's written. No, devil, it's written. And you know what happened? The devil leaveth him. Yeah. I like it when the devil leaveth me. <laughs> I don't like it when he's around. You see? So what are we going to do? We're going to use the word of God. How are we going to get the word of God? We're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is the word of God, praise God. We're going to get so full of that word of God that we're going to know how to do everything the kingdom way that comes our way. Somebody's going to offend us, and what are we going to do? We're going to spend an extra hour that next day as a priority praying for that person to stay clean on the inside of me. Lord, bless them. They're wonderful. Bless their finances. Bless everything else. Your feelings are going, ah! Curse them so they die! you're going to bless them because that's why bless those who curse you love your enemies Mm, yes sir this is really good praise God what am I doing kingdom things and then all at once you're living in health when everybody else is all at once you're living in victory when everybody else all at once you're living in financial realm when everybody oh God just loves you more than he loves me it has nothing to do with it it's already been provided for you notice salvation was provided 
He didn't have to come down and do it again. It was provided for you. If you got saved at 10, praise God. I got saved at 30. I mean, I could have got saved at 25, 20. Do I hear 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10? No, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to, I taught, was taught a bunch of stuff about God that he didn't even like me, didn't even care for me, didn't even want anything to do with me until I got to 30 years of age. Then a light went on on the inside that came from this book right here. I got so tired of what I was doing that I opened this book up, and let me tell you, I had zero revelation on the book. I didn't know New Testament from Old Testament. I didn't even know why the letters were red. I thought they ran out of black ink. I said, my God, look at that. I got all that red stuff. They must have ran out of... I didn't have any idea, but just one little scripture hits me at that time. One little scripture says, I can change your life for the better. One little scripture at that time. And all it wants to just change my entire life to come around, get born again, get in the kingdom of God. And it's, not, it's that way with salvation. But notice, it's already provided. And everything in the kingdom of God, the best part about it is you don't have to earn it. You don't have to qualify for it even. You just have to know that it's already been provided for you on the cross. Healing and everything in the covenant belongs to you. All things that pertain to life and godliness already belong to us. But the problem is we're either trying to get those things or we think we got to be too good to get those things or whatever. I've seen some of the worst people in the world healed, and I still don't know why. <laughs> hey, I just got high, and I'm smoking, and I got a shoulder here. It won't seem to work, and I just got out of the bar, and you lay hands on them, they get healed. You think, what the heck? Like, are you all right up there? Come on. Is everything Okay. How I many you know he, he loves everybody, yes. cares for everybody, needs everybody healed, delivered, saved, etc., 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 etc.? And sometimes it's easier for a guy coming out of a bar to believe yes. than us who've been taught junk to unbelieve what he's already placed on the inside of us. So it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what will happen? All these things will be added unto you. So even if you have a job, you'll want to do a priority with your job. I'm working tomorrow, and this is my priority for that job tomorrow. Maybe you're going to smile at somebody that needs a smile. Maybe you're just going to help somebody at work. Maybe you're just going to hug somebody at work. Maybe you're just going to do a good job that day, even though you feel like doing a bad job that day. Whatever, you can put priorities in every single area of your life and mark them down, and then you will do them. See, it's very hard once you set up the priority for the kingdom of God the night before not to do it. Because as soon as you sit down and you're quiet for a little bit, here comes the Holy Ghost. Remember that priority that you did last night about 10 o'clock? You need to do that now. And then you go get your Bible and you do it. You start to do something else that's not needed. How I many know we do a lot of stuff we don't even need to do? I got all the time wasting time, wasting energy, doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't do anything anyway, praise God. But notice, when you set this priority, it'll work for you. Things will start to line up for you. Make your priorities every single night. Praise God, what am I going to do? I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because Jesus told me, and he certainly knows what the heck that he's going to do. And praise God, as I study the kingdom, as I look at the kingdom, you can just go through the parables where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like. Well, if I read that, I know I'm going to understand something about the kingdom of God because he was basically teaching about the kingdom of God. So many things that we do, we change in our own life, our own character, or all those things. But set a priority. Your priority has to come off the things of these world because all that does is causes worry, fear, gets you frustrated, gets you messed up. You can't do that. We're going to seek first the 
kingdom of God and his righteousness were going to stay in right alignment with him no matter what based on the constitution and covenant of the kingdom. And then we don't have to worry because all these things are added to us. We don't even have to worry about those things anymore because we have a father who loves us very, very much. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. High noon. That's good enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's enough for you. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.